Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Incredible Friday Fright Show. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where we provide a platform to inform, inspire, and motivate our listeners. Presenting you with amazing guests from entrepreneurs, authors, music artists, poets, and more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, of course, brought to you by Vibration Radio. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast and streamed globally. So big shouts out to uh, Vibration Radio for constantly holding us down. And, of course, you guys know it is Thursday. Um, hope that this week has been treating you well, guys. I tell you, um, a lot has definitely been going on with um, a lot of us around the world. And so, of course, 2018, man, we're going to go into our second month um, in just a couple days. Uh, so uh, 2018, hopefully it's kicking off on a great and a positive note uh, for you guys, and you guys are getting a lot of stuff accomplished. Uh, and, of course, uh, speaking of accomplished, uh, Ms. Arthur T. I uh, want to invite you guys to a literary event uh, taking place March 9th through the 10th, uh, taking place in Gaffney, South Carolina. Uh, she's going to have um, authors, uh, book clubs, you name it, and you have the opportunity to set up a vendor's table. So if you want to sell your book um, at the event, all you have to do is go to a literaryevent.net. Or contact Ms. That's M I Z, Arthur T. Um, on Facebook um, for further information, and she can tell you um, how your products can get uh, to this awesome event taking place in March in Gaffney, South Carolina. You guys, and so of course this evening uh, we are welcoming a new guest and a special guest um, to our show. You guys, uh, we got Stanley James the uh, second in the building. You guys, he's coming to us. Uh, born and raised on the north side of Long Beach, California, so we're swinging over to the west coast, and um, he's coming on, and we're going to talk about his book, uh, The Bus, Live by the Gun, Die by the Gun, as well as his poetry um, that he um, has been sharing uh, with many over on the West Coast. And so tonight, you guys, I'm excited about having him on the show. And don't forget, make sure you share the fa- show, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those great avenues, and let everybody know that Stanley James is over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show with your girl Bianca Fly this evening. And don't forget, if you have a question or a comment out there, Feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. Um, or, as many of you like to do, you can send your uh, questions or comments uh, to me via Facebook um, at Bianca Fly, and I'll be happy to share those comments uh, with Stanley tonight on the show, you guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little commercial break, and then we're going to come in. We're going to welcome our special guest of the evening, you guys. And we're talking about Stanley James, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. There is a musical revolution coming. A mixture of jazz, soul, 
and fall. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And joining us today, you got, guys, we got Stanley James in the building. He is the author of The Bus, Live by the Gun, Die by the Gun, you guys. And so we're not going to delay any longer. We're going to bring uh, the man of the hour on here. Stanley, you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. Welcome to the show. I am doing great. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me this evening. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And so, of course, um, for the folks out there, Stanley, who may not know um, about you, tell us a little bit about who is Stanley James. Well, a little bit about myself. I'm just a regular cat, man. I'm from California. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to find my way I'm a writer, actor, I produce, I produce, I got a short film department, so I'm just trying to get my hands into everything. Okay, okay. And so for you, um, how did you go about getting into writing? What was it that made you decide that um, you wanted to be a writer and end up publishing books? Well, actually, with the writing, it started... I want to say, I probably started writing, like, around 14, 15. I used to always keep a journal in my backpack, so like, I used to write rhymes and poetry. That's where I first started with poetry. And I used to write little comics. And, like, my, I want to say, like, my 11th grade or my 10th grade year, my English teacher was reading over my, my work, and he's like, man, you got a publish, man. You got a gift, so, like, you just don't want to waste your talents, you know? So, probably after, like, three years after that, after I graduated, I really started like really reconsidering and thinking about what he said, like maybe you know, maybe he is right. Let me let me get my work out there and just see what people see what people feel about it before I really just dive right in. And people been rocking with it, so I just dove in. <laughs> Absolutely. And so for you, um, within your stories, uh, because you share some very, you know, realistic stuff that happens and so where did you draw uh, some of the inspiration uh, to create uh, your story. So, like I tell everybody that asks me, you know, like half of my book, the book is like fiction, and half is like true, true events right. that I've been in, true events that my friends and family been in, and I really mm-hmm. get my inspiration and everything I write from is is real stuff that I see in the streets and see other people go yeah. through. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an observer. I like to observe things. Yeah. I'm one of them them people that I can sit back and just watch and, like, learn and everything. So that's where I get Mm -hmm. a lot of inspiration from when I go outside and just see how people really live their life, from the rich to Mm -hmm. the poor to the middle class. So that's pretty much my inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, for you, uh, when you um, first started uh, getting out here and uh, getting trying to get your books into the right hands, did you find it difficult uh, being – 
a new author to kind of decide, you know, who did you want to choose to publish your book or how you wanted to promote your book? <laughs> you know, the funny thing about it is when I first, first started writing, like I said, I'm from the street, you know, so I didn't really have the classing, the, the teaching when I first mm-hmm. started. I didn't know nothing about the publishing industry. Everybody thinks just because you write a book, you're automatically going to get money. It's the business side that a lot of people don't learn, that don't know. So when I first came in the game, one about like four years ago, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have no no mentors, nobody in my corner to tell me how to, mm-hmm. which ways to go. And when I first started, yeah. I started with pamphlets. I, my first book was chapbooks. If people know what chapbooks is, it's just paper, just buying, just stapled together. And uh-huh. then I went, I, I took all my poetry books, went to a gang of publishing houses in L.A., give it to my hood, this is what I got. Like, can you tell me what I, what I need to do now? And the first thing everybody <laughs> did to me was laugh. Like, bro, you know, what is this? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, like, real true story. Like, I came with a, a chapbook. They're like, mm-hmm. man, I see your drive. I see where you want to go. But you got to learn the business and learn the, learn the game first before. So then I got into the right people. I started networking. And then I, I eventually ran into Terry Roden. He's my publisher. And and uh-huh. and the guy who signed me to the No Breaks Publishing team based out in L.A. So yeah. ever since then, I've just been networking and learning the business, really. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so, of course, uh, as you mentioned, you know, first getting out, you know, having a couple people um, kind of laugh at you and and not really be able to, to show you the works and so forth. And so now that you are kind of learning the ropes and you have people that you're able to get advice from, are you yeah. able now to help those aspiring authors uh, to get in the position they want to be in? You know, it's crazy. I get asked that all the time. Like, me personally, I feel like I'm not in a position. Like, I can give you what I've gotten uh-huh. so far, but I'm not in a position right. to tell you which, like, how to go, you know, like, what proper steps to take because everybody takes different, mm-hmm. different steps to get to where they want to go, and everybody got different they want to complete in this writing industry. But right, I feel like, like you could, I could just show you what I've been through and tell you what I've been through and what all the rejections and the losses that I did. So you wouldn't have to go. So the next person wouldn't have to go through the same stuff. I lost a gang. Like I said, I spent a gang of money on my first couple of chapbooks, not knowing that they like pamphlets. They like they like they not even books considered. To like you go to the publishing to the real world, they'll laugh at. You. Like they laugh at me. I was hurt, like, damn, like, I didn't know how, how much money I spent for this and how long it took me, but it's all just a learning process. Absolutely, absolutely. And kind of um, going to back uh, going back a little bit, um, you also, you had written a book um, entitled um, Skin and Bones uh, yeah. as well. And so in this book, um, you kind of talk about uh, your own personal life and things that you experienced. And so what made you want to share kind of the, some of the stuff that you have experienced um, in your own personal life? I, with everything I do and with everything I write, it's always a message that I always try to relate to the, to the audience that picks up my book that just because just cause I'm from the urban community, which a lot of people call the ghettos or L.A., whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to put it. Like, it's more to it than African-American males under 30 that's doing something productive with them trying right. to get in the streets. And so pretty much I just everything I do, I want to put my heart into it, give my all, and give you the real, hold the mirror up and give you the real of what it is for a, a black male that's mm-hmm. under 30 like myself. So and I'm going to give you the bad. Like, I always give people the bad because everybody's thinking everything is just, Smoking, drinking, having fun, you know, when it's a lot of hard work and sacrifices that a lot of people don't see that you have to go into where you want to be into life. So right. I just make sure I put that in there. Absolutely. Stanley, do you think that, be, uh, especially you mentioned, you know, being from the street, do you think that people have a tendency to, you know, kind of hang that stereotype over people like yourselves here because they believe that, like you said, they you know, okay, well, maybe they only know one way of life or they or they don't know, you know, how to conduct themselves, you know, in a, in a good manner. So do you think a lot of times people stereotype people 
from the streets and, and think that people from the streets don't necessarily have dreams and, and goals and aspirations. Of course. You know what I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's like playing the simple black and white. If, if people don't mm-hmm. do that, then I don't know what's wrong with people. Like, everybody, that's why I like, that's why I like how when I met new, new people, because everybody already prejudged. Everybody judged people just off the first 30 seconds you meet somebody. Point blank right. everybody do, does that. And it's like, it makes me makes me laugh and it makes me good feel good inside because every business that I walk into, like, when they when they, they hear about me and they see the pictures of me, but they ain't never spoke mm-hmm. to me, they ain't never read none of my words, they ain't never really got to know right. me. After them three minutes of them talking to me, they wouldn't even believe, like, man, that's you? Is that true? That's what they're Is that true? They're yeah. like, they'll go straight to my pictures. They'll, they'll go to all my pictures and like, man. And then when I walk into the office that day to meet them, their whole face changed. Like, after the, like I said, after the first three minutes of me talking to them and getting, presenting them my portfolio and all that, like, their whole perception changed. So it's like, can't never judge a book by its cover, and I like that. Like, that's what Absolutely. makes me smile. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, of course, for you, um, as far as inspirations uh, for people who um, have uh, inspired you um, as an author and as a poet, I know one of my my favorites on your list, of course, is Tupac Shakur. Um, I always oh, yeah. joke with everybody and tell her, like, he's my, you know, he was my husband way back when. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, what was it? What is it or what was it about um, Tupac Shakur in general that just, you know, was an inspiration and still is an inspiration uh, for you um, as an author, as an entrepreneur? For me, with the Tupac situation, is is different because with him being from, with him, Residing in LA and spending most of his time in LA during his height of his career and all that. Like my family dealt with his son. My friends, like the neighborhood I'm in, is associated with with that camp, the whole Death Row camp. So it's like when I was a kid, I used to see him. Like my my big like my older big homies and my freaking uncles was like in the same camp with him. So when I was a kid riding a bike, I used to like see him, you know. And like he just always had that charismatic and like I'm gonna say what I gotta say whether you like it or not. So like it's just something. And I, like my mom always told me that was my stepdad. That was my stepdad. So I, I believed it as a kid. <laughs> yeah. I believed it as a kid. Absolutely. So so, but his whole thing, his whole or or aura is just like it's just real. It's just real. Mm-hmm. It don't got to be Absolutely. so sophisticated. It's just plain and simple in your face. I'm going to give you my heart, give it the real. You're going to accept it or you're not. And that's just, yep. that's just how, how I felt. Absolutely. What was it? Uh, what's the difference versus how you grew up uh, to the ver- to versus to um, how you're handling um, adulthood now? Like I said, I grew up in the street. I grew up in the gang world, gang culture, the drug culture. And I did all that since since I was in my teens, from 14. And I, I want to say mm-hmm. I changed when I had my son, when I seen things differently. When I got out of jail and I had my mm-hmm. son. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't have my son in the free world and I'm in jail without a father. Right. So that really just changed my whole thing up. And, and I... And like I said, my teacher told me I had a real good talent. Without going to college, without graduating college, I had good talent in, in English. I was a, I was a major English student. So I said instead of using the, instead of instead of using the, the stand on the corner with the drugs, I could switch it up and use the same the same mentality, the same hustling mentality with my book instead of drugs this time. Mm-hmm. You know? Instead of hurting my community, mm-hmm. I could give back. To, to, with the community, with my books, through my experiences, through my through my life, so right, my really right, changed everything for me. So absolutely, that's, that's and and like I've that. heard, I have heard uh, various like other authors talk about who were in games and who grew up in the streets that actually, or some who even might have sold drugs. They talked about how actually that 
you know, that of their past actually helped them to be better hustlers when it came to selling their books because they already knew, you know, kind of how to, you know, connect with people and and push the product. So do you think that, you know, has helped you as well? Of course. Of course. Like I said, I've been a drug in the gang culture since 14 years old. Like, my whole life was, my whole life, my favorite movie is Boys in the Hood. So so you can just picture me as as a six-year-old watching that and, Every night in front of the TV while my parents is out. Wow. So, yeah. So I believe like the drug culture, husband, it got its good, it got its good and its bad. But mm-hmm. you should, you should always want to, you should always want to better yourself. You know, ain't no drug dealer, right. there ain't no four hundred one k for no drug dealers. Drug dealers don't last that long. <laughs> so. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. What is something? Yeah. Yeah, and and for you, like, what is something? Because when people when people look at gangs, and of course, there's always the neg the negative aspect of what yeah. people look at when they perceive that. And so, for you, what are some of the I, I'm uh, the positive aspects that you took away from being a part of the gang at one particular time? For me personally, I could say the positive aspects for me from what I took from being in the gang is is burning your hand. It's like, like you know how a little kid put their hand over the stove and don't know if it's hot or not until they uh-huh. actually put their hand, uh-huh. until they actually put their hand over the fire and burn themselves? Mm-hmm. That, that's what I could say that I learned from from being in the part of gang culture. It, it don't matter where you're from. You, it's okay to be from your neighborhood or rep your section, but you always want to give back to your community, not destroy it. So for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. So for me, it took for me to go in jail. Like this ain't the life. I can still hang with my friends every day, but what I'm out here doing, just selling drugs and just being not being non-productive. I right. can still be. I can still rep my section and still rep my block, but I want to bring. I want to bring money to. I want to bring the positive light to my section instead of always mm-hmm. always having always having a negative feedback from everybody. Absolutely. So I feel like, Absolutely. I feel like, like the game culture. It's it's about like like I said the best one is putting your hand over the over the over the fire until you get burned so you can learn okay this is not for me this is not what I want to spend and do with the rest of my life so right and uh, we have a question uh, from one of our listeners uh, Derek um, this is coming from Facebook uh, Derek from Atlanta he wants to know was it hard for you to separate yourself from the gang, um, seeing how you wanted to change your life, you know, once your son was born? Uh, it wasn't hard. Like, don't get me wrong. Everybody, like, because I'm still part of my session. I'm not make that clear. I'm still, I still run my session to the fullest. I'm just... <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that part will never shake for me. I can, I can let you know. I will never okay. turn my back on them. But I'm doing positive things. I'm, I'm bringing... I'm bringing right. The positive side to it. I'm trying to show the positive of of what my block and section got to offer. But I can mm-hmm. say it wasn't a hard transition because because I'm a, like all my friends and all my all my fellow gang members. They know who I am. They know what I've done. So it ain't like I got to prove myself. Or if you a real gang member, everybody know this ain't the life that no one wants to get in. We try to we right. do this to get out of the hood. We we doing this to get out and and so we can do hmm. it ourselves. So they all yeah. like, man, you writing books? Man, stick with it, man. Just that's what they tell me. Stick with it. Just leave this other wow. shit alone. Everybody yeah. got kids, so we all grown. I'm about to be thirty years old, so all the stuff that people yeah. do, I've been did that. So yeah. it's like can't stand in one. You can't be the you can't be the mouse in that wheel, but in that wheel in a cage, running in circles, just going nowhere. It's time mm-hmm. to venture. Mm-hmm. You got to grow up sometime and and expand. So. So it absolutely, it absolutely. You just gotta stay focused. Really, it's just being focused and not letting the devil get to you. Because I mean, everybody gets a everybody get that get that urge. Like, man, my money's slow. I'm at the job doing forty hours, child support, mm-hmm. out my check. When I could just go back to the corner and do it and and make ten times more than what I make in forty hours with no with no taxes taken out. But it's just mm-hmm. mind. Like I tell everybody, it's just focus, man. Just stay focused, mind. Mind over matter. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Erica from Ohio, uh, she says, "What, uh, what kind of life lessons 
are you teaching your son so that he uh, one day doesn't have to necessarily experience some of the things you have growing up? Life lessons I teach my son is to stay focused, get your job done, be be a stand-up guy. Like, just the same I was taught, just I just keep him away, keep him away from the street life. I, I tell my son, he, he sees it, but I tell, I tell him the cons and the pros, so... Cause a lot of people yeah. ain't gonna tell you. The, a lot of people ain't gonna tell you. You could do it, cause they kids gonna do it regardless. If they feel like right. they gonna do it regardless. So I'm just right. gonna tell them what, what's gonna happen if you do it. And that's that's what that's what it comes with your teaching is if if they gonna make the right decision or not. But that's why I put everything I do. I don't fabricate nothing. Everything I do, I'm gonna put it out there. I ain't gonna lie about nothing, cause you gonna go. You gonna you gonna have to at one point. Your kids, the next person's kids, gonna have to make a decision on their own when their parents is not there if they're gonna jump in that game or not. Right, right, absolutely. And of course, um, for you um, and getting into writing, but you also uh, as well write some poetry. And so, uh, when did when did you start writing the poetry? Did you start writing the poetry along the same time um, that you actually began like writing regular stories? With the regular stories, I was writing short stories. I wasn't writing full-length novels. I was writing, like, mm-hmm. short stories. But I first uh-huh. started with with comics and poetry. That was my first, first, that's when I first started with poetry and comics. Okay. And that was, that was probably, like, around 10. Like, my mom got me a little, little, little lash notebook, and I just started writing. <laughs> Absolutely, and you actually have I'm the only one. Boy. I'm um, the only boy. And oh. My mom got two sisters, so I'm the only boy, and my mom got two. Okay. My mom had two daughters, and we we didn't live together. So I was pretty much by myself. So you could. Oh you know, wow. That goes. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually, um, you had let's see, you had um, Uptown Renaissance, um, the revolution will not be televised, um, which is one, and then you also. Um, had your um, poetry book, um, Sky's the Limit, correct? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like my and first so, uh, book. And so as, as far as some of your poetry, um, what are some things you kind of touch on um, when it comes to some of the poetry? I love that. Racism, police brutality, mm-hmm. The gang culture and love, really. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for love. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, like, since you're a sucker for love, do you like perceive yourself in the future maybe writing um, a love story, perhaps? Yeah, I got a couple. I got a couple in the okay in the in the vault. I got I got like six books that I haven't even put out there. I'm just everything is just timing for me. I'm learning the business. Yeah. You don't wanna just keep repeatedly putting out right. work before before the world even know your name. So Right. Right. I'm just doing everything on strategically moves. Absolutely, absolutely. And so of course, um, with your book, um, the bus, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about the bus and so um, with this book, uh, where did you kind of uh, get the inspiration to create the bus? Like, where did you? What is this book um, based off of? Everything about not join the gang, pretty much. I, I just held a mirror up on gang life and make sure, like, if you want to join the gang, read this book. <laughs> right. Read this book and see if you want to join the gang after. It's not. It's not. It's not parties. It's not the movies. When you get shot, it really hurts. <laughs> when you go to jail, them cuffs is really cold. So, like, I just really want to, like, like I said, I just really want to hold a mirror up and and just ask yourself a question after you read this book. Do you want to join? Do you feel like you're like you're you're man enough to get in this lifestyle? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, in this book, let's see, it deals with um, also deals with drugs and homicides, corrupt off, uh, officials, uh, as well. Takes place uh, in Los Angeles County, uh, streets of Long Beach, Long Beach, California, of course. Uh, yeah. And one of the characters 
um, Mitch. Um, <laughs> and so tell us a little bit about Mitch, because Mitch is actually a, a very interesting character in this book. Yeah, he's one of them cool, calm, collected, smooth dudes. You know, one of them, one of them easy talks to, you know. He ain't one of them t- turned up ones. He gets the jobs done. Everybody want to be around Mitch. Like, he's just cool. Like, mm-hmm. he's a people's person. Like, he's one. Yeah. He's the one. His energy lights up the room. So, like, Mitch is that guy. Mitch is that guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, of course, uh, when people uh, go out and uh, purchase this book, because you, you've chosen to share so much. And one of the things I do like about your books is that you mentioned, you know, you share some, some fiction and some nonfiction, but you always make yeah. sure that you kind of deliver that real aspect of what it's like. Because, you know, I, I always say, and, and I kid with people, especially uh, for me, uh, living, growing up in North Carolina, and, and, you know, we have our little so-called gangs here. I was like, y'all don't know what a gang like is like unless y'all go to the West Coast. Like, y'all have yeah. <laughs> y'all have no idea, you know. And so, but people, you know, perceive in their head what their thoughts of being a part of a gang is and being a part of a street life is. But you actually take the time to, you know, share some light on some realistic things that happen um, you know, in the streets and, and when you and if you choose to be a part of the game. I just feel like it's my it's my duty to like just really like give people the real. Like like I, right. I got a lot of family and friends that come out from different states and I had to tell them like, bro, you can't wear that. Bro, we gotta leave we gotta <laughs> leave. It's fine. Bro, bro. Right. Don't say that don't say that word. Don't don't throw up that peace sign. Every every hat in LA County is a game. Every hat. Every Every uh, baseball hat and football hat is symbolized a game. Every wow. color symbolizes a game. And certain words wow. that a lot of people would even would even think of symbolize game terminology. So wow. even even kind of what even kind of way you wear wear your shirts and your and your and your pants and all that is is like mm-hmm. offends the wrong person. So and it don't matter about no age limit. It don't matter about. Whether you're a girl, a boy, uh, that shit don't matter. Mhm. Mhm. So, I just, Absolutely. I just feel like if I do all, out of all the time I spent and money I lost and friends I lost and just everything I went through, I feel like it's my obligation to just inform people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not telling Absolutely. Don't. I, I would never tell a person don't do this or don't do this, but I just give them that option and and just to see what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a little short break, you guys. We're going to come back, and uh, we're going to let Stanley tell you guys where you can go to purchase the book, um, how you can connect with him on social media and all of those great things. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2. Also author of The Devil's Calling, Car 1, 2, and 3, all available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. 
Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way. Determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by Arthur Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. This evening, joining us, you guys, we got Arthur Stanley James in the building, you guys. Author of The Bus, uh, Live by the Gun, Die by the Gun. And, of course, um, Stanley, at the end of the day, um, with your with your books, uh, with your poetry, um, what do you want people to be able to take away when they purchase a book by Stanley James? I want them to be able to take away the realness. Like I'm not mm-hmm. in it to, to 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 write a hundred books like or drop a book every week like a lot. Of, I just want to give people the real, raw, cut, ungritty. Mm-hmm. Real life situations of living in LA, Long Beach. I want to just give them a real meal from what I see, from my point of eye, from what my father goes through, what my mama goes through, what my sisters go through, what what my homegirl, what everybody. I'm a observer, like I said before. I'm a observer. I just, I'm one of them people that that uh, uh, fly on the wall. I like to observe people because that's what life is. It's about the people and the situations that you come across and what energy you let in. So. Absolutely, 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 and um, for the writers out here, we have a lot of writers and aspiring writers who listen to the show, and so what would be your words of encouragement to those uh, such as yourself, you know, they, they may don't have people to uh, give them, you know, any advice, or they, they kind of feel like they are here by themselves making things happen, what would be your advice to those aspiring writers out here? Keep it 100. Be yourself. Uh, write what you feel like. Don't fabricate. Uh, feel 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 like you have to change something up just for the next person's life because every story is not for everybody. As long as you can right. one person and, and help their life out in a better situation, that's all that matters. A lot of people be trying mm-hmm. to keep with the, keep with the trends and, okay, this person mm-hmm. dropped six books in, 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 in one month. I mean, all that shit don't matter. All you need to do is just stay right. true to yourself, originality, and it's gonna go far. Absolutely, a lot of people are gonna draw, draw to a person that's gonna be a self and not trying to be like the next person. So. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely, and of course, um, for you. Um, getting into this, and and I love how you mentioned about, you know, not getting caught up with the trends because oftentimes that is what happens, especially when people get into, you know, just getting into the literary game. They feel like they kind of have to keep up with with what everybody else has going on. And so I know um, we're almost into a second month of of 2018. And so what are some upcoming things that um, some of the readers can expect from you? I know you said that you're starting a business and you got some some books you haven't released yet, but what are some other things that you plan on um, working on this year? Uh, hopefully by the summer, I'm going to start to releasing a podcast. So I'm about to release like a little, little okay. podcast. And then I'm also Wonderful. Still, still shooting my uh, short film to my book. Before. So that comes out to look out for either by the summer or coming into the okay. 2019. So to have a movie, a short film, following the book. So, so you can really get okay. a glimpse of what it is. Oh, that'd be nice. Other than that, awesome. just mastering this craft and just trying to better myself. So, you know, I have to do 
That is great. And so, um, Stanley, um, for the folks out here, um, tell them where they can go um, to purchase your book and um, how they can connect with you on social media. Everybody want to reach me on social media. My Twitter and Instagram is the same. It's I am Stan four hundred. I A M S T A N six four zero zero. My Facebook is Stanley James Second. You can purchase my books on Amazon, Books a Million, Grand Bully, No Breaks Publishing. Pretty much every every outlet that that's out there platform. So about this. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so, of course, um, I definitely want to thank you uh, for coming on here and just shedding some light and, you know, uh, allowing us to gain some some knowledge from you. I think it's always good when we can uh, learn from other people, um, even on the uh, other side of the coast and people who grow up in different environments and are living in different environments. You can always learn something uh, from one another, and I'm glad that you're out here uh, sharing that, you know, sharing that insight with people uh, through your books, through your poetry, um, as well as with the listeners tonight. So I definitely appreciate you come on, coming on here. I, I, I can't thank you enough, Eagle Ward, Bianca, for letting me be a guest on your show. I've been following you oh, my time, so. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate it. Yes, I, I'm glad that we were able to connect and make it happen. And definitely feel free to reach out to me again um, whenever you want to come back on the show, and we will definitely make it happen. Thank you. I will definitely be back. Absolutely. Well, you have a great rest of your day, and I'll be talking with you again soon. You too, sister. All right. All right, you guys, that was Arthur Stanley James. Make sure you go and connect with him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and all of those great things, as well as go and purchase his books available on Amazon. Um, You can get with his uh, book as well as his poetry books as well, you guys. And so um, coming up, coming up uh, next week, uh, we have a special guest, Christina Barnes. Coming up on Tuesday, you guys know it's tax season, so she's going to come on here and she's going to talk about finances, um, how to get your taxes in order, how to get more money. Mm, we like more money <laughs> from your taxes and all of those great things uh, coming up on uh, Tuesday. Um, that's January 30th, you guys, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Then coming up next Thursday, uh, we have the luxurious Adrian Williams coming from uh, New York. Uh, she is a plus size model with BMW um, Modeling Agency. She's going to come on here and she's going to talk about being a plus size woman, how you can embrace that, uh, where you can go to find your sexy, curvaceous, uh, classy clothes, um, all of those great things and more. So we're going to get into some great topics as well coming up. Thursday, February 1st, you guys, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. So, you guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, Once again, thank you so much to Stanley James for swinging by um, and sharing with us this evening. We definitely appreciate you guys as well. And so, with that said, I'm going to get ready to get out of here. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Treat yourself. Love yourself. Embrace yourself, all those great things. So I am Bianca Fly. You guys have a great weekend. You guys know I got to go out with some Tupac today. <laughs> have a good one. Some for my guys to be live and little girl named Corinne. Say the black of the best, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give my heart and my sister's own welfare. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot So sweet, don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave Cause sister, you don't mean And I ain't trying to gash up, I just call him how I sleep You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make names and leave a young mother to be a pastor 
tell us it was fair No love for my daddy cause the coward wasn't there He passed away and I didn't cry Cause my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger They say I'm wrong and I'm heartless But all along I was looking for a father, he was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out and started really hanging I needed money of my own so I started slanging I ain't guilty cause even though I sell rocks It feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent when the rent's due I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was low you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate just working with the scraps you was given And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving But now the road got rough, you're alone Trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it And dear mama And I reminisce Cause through the drama I can always depend on my mama And when it seems that I'm hopeless You say the words that can get me back in focus When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Are full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me there are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret, always stayed real And I appreciate how you raised me And all the extra love that you gave me I wish I could take the pain away If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day Everything will be alright if you hold on It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on There's no way I could pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand you all appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. 